All right, welcome back to your favorite fantasy podcast, fantasy football podcast, Points and Doinks. Travis here to helm, as always, with my good friend, Cheese. Cheese, how you doing? I'm doing okay. Didn't get a win this past week, you know, facing the highest scoring team in the in the league, but it's okay. The Braves are looking like they're going to win a World Series, beat the Cheaters, beat the Astros in like a matter of moments, so hopefully... That's making my emotions, my feelings a lot better right now. Goddamn right. I wish they would be able to do it at home. Atlanta needs it, you know, would greatly appreciate it at home. But you know what? Take it how you can get it, right? Yeah, the city of Atlanta in general, starving for championship sports because I think the Braves, when they won in 95, is the only other championship they've ever won. So good on Atlanta. You guys need it. Goddamn right. Um, I went one and one. I uh, it was actually funny because I found myself in a super weird predicament where uh, going into Monday night in one league, I was up very large in our league. I was up very large facing Patrick Mahomes, Nicole um, Hardman on the other side. And I had Evan Ingram. I was like, OK, well, I got a comfortable lead. Let's go check over in the other league. The other league, I'm starting Patrick Mahomes and I'm down. I'm down bad, down bad. I'm like, Fuck. And I'm like trying to do the math in my head, like, hey, is there a way mathematically where Patrick Mahomes can go off enough? Because no, he, there was no other starters in the other league, just Patrick Mahomes. Where Patrick Mahomes can go off, and in the other league, it's less points for quarterback play. So I don't know how the multiplier would have worked, but could he go off in this, give me enough points to win, and then have Evan Ingram do just enough to where I barely squeak out the win? Little did I, you know, do all that worrying for. You know, they didn't do half of shit of what you expected. So it wasn't, you know, close for either game, but I got one and one, so I can't be too mad about it. Yeah, that's kind of the issue you got when you uh, have multiple different teams and obviously not going to have the same uh, roster for every single team. So it's it's even crazier when you think of, like, the, the fantasy analysts who they play in, like, 20 different leagues and they have, like, pretty much every single player. You know, the, kind of the math and gymnastics they got to do trying to figure out who, you know, try to win every single league but yet, you know, not fuck themselves. Yeah, no, for sure. And I've, I've tried to – I've talked about draft strategies where you're like, you want to go after your main core players the same so you don't get confused if you're doing multiple leagues. And it just never works out that way. So – you know, you end up you know, like Patrick Mahomes usually isn't high on my draft board, but when he's like the best available player, you don't pass on Patrick Mahomes. Maybe this year I'm eating those words a little bit, but he's still fantasy productive enough. I don't know why he took Patrick Mahomes so early when Mike White was just sitting there, Travis. <laughs> Shout out Mike White doing it all for the backup quarterbacks. Oh, that you're going to say for the Whites. <laughs> that was the. Uh, that was the premise there, but I know understand last week I did this weird pause and weird, weird break. And then we had um, our segment not happen last week. It should be happening this week as far as I know. Um, so we'll take the break here, get the words from Ty Gundy himself and Johnny Roca. you know, God forbid, you know, no stomach aches and then we'll be back with you. All right, everybody, here we are. Sounds a little different this time because it is I, Tyler. I will be doing the commissioner's corner from now on for the unforeseeable future. Who knows? For the foreseeable future. And with me, of course, the commissioner himself, Johnny Roca. Johnny, how are we doing today? 
What's up? What's up, everybody? I'm I'm doing all right, man. Not bad for an AM. <laughs> yeah, we, we we me and Johnny Rogan are gonna be recording these in the morning, so it might be a little little tiresome, a little little more down than usual, but that's all right. We still bring the good knowledge. So this is what we get for for partying all last night, dude. That's right. You know, yeah. we, we tell everybody we're working and stuff, but me and me and t- power just out to like the hours in the morning you know living it up and just getting stupid crazy yeah we just we just go go crazy go wild just like the jersey shore uh folk um just like them so we were supposed to start this segment last week uh as the people know i i was under the weather so how how has your fantasy week how has your fantasy team's been doing the last couple weeks doing very well actually uh uh we normally put together some numbers you know i did you know, I win this and this, and now I'm this and that, and I got a winning percentage of this. But I'm somewhere over 70% winning percentage overall in four leagues. And I think I went two and two last week, which to me is a down week. But um, I'm dominating in a couple of my leagues. So uh, doing well, though. Doing very well, man. It's been a good year. But you know how it goes. Uh, these guys who fly high in the regular season, they crash in the first round of the playoffs. So I'm kind of a little worried in the back of my mind here. Oh, the the unpredictability of those playoff matchups is absolutely mm-hmm. insane. Um, well, just a shout out to you last year um, for those out there who don't know. When he, in in my league last year, Tyler was uh, just not one of the better teams. Was on the outside looking in. He went on a little uh, uh, winning streak at the end of the year, and then um, made the playoffs. Made the number eight seed. Remember? And then yep. he just went on a tear, and then he made it to the play uh, to the uh, fantasy Super Bowl. I, Somehow Unfortunately, he didn't win, but man, what a run, man. I was rooting for you the whole time. Yeah, that was that was absolutely insane. Just got hot at the right time, I guess. Yeah. But um I, I did want to want to bring up the fact that you posted it, I believe, on your Facebook, the fact that uh you played George Kittle in three different leagues this week. This uh Travis week? Kelsey. Travis tra- Kelsey. Oh, it was Travis yeah. Kelsey, that's right, that's right, Travis. What are Kelsey. the odds? And, and I'm sure you were a happy man because he got absolutely – he got held down. <laughs> he did. I was very happy. And that helped me get my wins. That helped right. me get my wins. One of my – in my work league, I, I finished at a tie, 103 to 103 against the number one guy in the league. And uh, I won on the tiebreaker because our tiebreaker is uh, quarterback points. And my quarterback outscored his quarterback by three points, dude. So, wow. got it. Interest, interesting tiebreaker there. That might have to be a, a future commissioner corner uh, question. But That's a good one. for this week, you know, it was supposed to be last week, and who knows with these, you know, with the changing of the length of the season, we've all had debates on when the actual halfway point is. Right. But we're somewhere around there, and I know, yeah. at least in my experience, when I was the commissioner of the league. Uh, two years ago, uh, getting players interactions, you know, if their team starts off slow, they're not doing good, keeping them kind of in the mix of it. How, how do you deal with something like that? How do you deal with players who, you know, halfway through, they're like, I don't want to do this shit anymore. And they just stop trying. I mean, that's, that's really something to deal with there. And, um, I can't really say I've been dealing with that lately because I found some remedies to it. So mm-hmm. if there's any commissioners out there listening, uh, take heed to this. Um, and for those who, who do find themselves on the low end of the stick, uh, uh, you know, t- 
talk to your commissioner, but to the commissioners out there, I haven't dealt with this lately, but what you need to do, it's important to play guidance counselor to the lower performing teams and remind them, you know, that there's X amount of games left uh, in the season and there's still a chance to turn it around. Remind everyone that there is a cash prize at stake. And if you can, if you're able to spread the pot, and I remind everyone that there is about, in my leagues at least, four or five cash prizes that they are eligible for, including a consolation bracket where in most cases they win their money back. But all in all, entertain, entertain, and entertain. You know, I mean, as a commissioner, I kind of look at it as, you know, this is your house and all your buddies are coming over to your house. So you need to entertain. Let them know where the bathroom is at. Let them know, they have, you know, if you need a refill on your drink or whatever, are you comfortable, blah, blah, blah. Talk to them. Talk to each of your owners about how their season is going. <clears throat> Do that individually. Make everyone feel included. And, uh, I mean, ignoring and not speaking to your owners is the worst thing that a commissioner can do. So make sure you post shit. Do live feeds. Do a podcast. A recap. Uh, power rankings is one of my favorite things to do. Whatever platform to keep everyone engaged and interested. Just keep it exciting. You know, just keep everyone included because uh, that's why we're here. And. We're also approaching the climatic playoff race. So sell on that. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. just make it interesting for everybody. Because this is the best time of the year now that we're approaching uh, the end of the regular fantasy football season. Uh, absolutely. And I will say, you know, I've played in fantasy leagues for a number of years now. Some just random leagues, some with buddies and stuff like that. And yeah. the interaction that you put into your leagues <clears throat> has definitely, like – it's elevated it to a whole nother level to where like, like you said, you yeah. love doing power rankings. I look for it every Monday night, Tuesday, you know, when yeah. you do your power rankings for yeah. a league and it's like, it's a lot of fun. It gets people interacted. And then also your payout system too. Like you said, yeah. you like to have uh, a lot of different payouts for a lot of different things. And I think that's a absolutely great way to keep people interested. Cause I know there are some leagues that it's just like, all right, winner uh, first place gets all the money. And it's kind of like, yeah, it's a sweeter deal if you're in first place, but sure. that that's where I see a lot of people coming out and being like, Oh, well I have no chance of getting out there. I don't give a shit. And I'm just going to stop trying. Yeah. I hundred percent agree with you. Cause if, if this is a 10 man league, you're in the top three or four, like, hell yeah, let's do this and battle it out for that money. But five and down, they're just kind of, they don't lose interest real fast. We know that. Oh, a hundred percent. Well, I think, I think that's, that's great advice for, for those future commissioners out there. Um, yeah. Just, just have fun, everybody. Just make it interesting for everybody. And that's the thing. Like you, you signed up to play this for fun. You know, I know we take, fantasy football very serious and and oh, i mean yeah. we do we we take it to a point where we're doing podcasts about it and stuff like that yeah. but at yeah. the end of the day we're having fun i guess yeah, we are. you know whether you're in 10th place and and you're winless or or one win two win or you're in first place and you're undefeated like you're still having fun at, at the end of the day you're, yeah. you're spending yeah. your fantasy sundays football, watching man. football yeah, in, in fantasy football, and I hope everyone does this for this reason, but it's the camaraderie, man. I love just, like, getting together with all my buddies, dude, with yep. my coworkers, with my family, whatever. Just to do this. It's, it's a lot of fun. A lot of fun. Absolutely. So, do you got any uh, got any starts, some sits? What, what are you looking at for this week, man? I got, I got some, man. Um, I know I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure that uh, Cheese and Travis covered a lot of this, but coming from the mind of the commissioner – and for those who just like to listen to my voice and get my my insight in it, you know. <laughs> um, okay, uh, I got the Titan receivers. 
Um, a lot of people will find this a debatable thing, but the loss of Derrick Henry, the offense is now going to rely less on the run game. The focus is going to become uh, – is the team becoming on more of an, a balanced offense. So look for more passing and play action uh, out of that offense. So I uh, would definitely start a Titan receiver. That does include Julio Jones and the tight ends. So um, moving on, Derek Carr is uh, coming off a of bye week and we'll have no issues against the shifty Giants defense. Uh, forget all that offseason shit going on with the great organization. Derek will be using the power of the prayer to play in the midst of the adversity. So if I would start him, if I was you. And then uh, finally, I'm going to break in the song here like the brother would. <laughs> but let me see. I don't want to like like destroy the microphone here. But I'm I'm hooked on a feeling. There you go. Adam F and feeling. <laughs> you're getting a start from me. Everyone knows that song. Um, yes, sir. Adam feeling, bro. Stardom. He's been hot this year. I don't see him coming down at all. Um, I have him in a couple of my leagues. That's why I'm a little biased. But I got belief in that guy. So start Adam feeling. Um, my sitems. Matt Ryan is going up against the hot New York uh, New Orleans defense that just roughed up Tom Brady last week. So I would definitely pass on starting him. Uh, that New Orleans defense is too hot right now. Um, don't start any Jacksonville receivers versus Buffalo secondary. So I definitely stay away from any of the Jacksonville receivers. And then finally, don't start any of those running backs from Denver. Uh, they're playing Dallas this week, and they've been very strong against the run game. So definitely stay away from those guys. Love to hear it. There was some... You know, we we get a little bit of news ourselves here that yeah. we get to break. You know, uh, Michael Thomas, one of the being one of those things where yeah, he's done for the he's he shut himself down for the rest of the season. So, um, yeah. if if you were somebody, I know Johnny, I believe you were the person to draft him yeah. in, in, in yeah. the league. Um, yeah, but I think you got him what kind of later seventh eighth eighth round somewhere. That's a there? negative, sir. I I picked him up like in. In the third, fourth round, oh, thinking I was brutal. stealing him, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, horrible, horrible. I'm, I'm, I'm actually kind of disheartened right now hearing this news, bro. That's, <laughs> yeah, it, it, it hurts. Um, and then with also Jameis Winston tearing his ACL, oh, he's done for the season. So, I thought of you guys <clears throat> on that too. Jeez. If you're, if you, if you have Saints <laughs> wide receivers, I'm, um, I'm staying away from all of them. You know, sure. if you have Alvin Kamara, you're, you're pretty much you're set Alvin Kamara is going to be the guy over there. He's going to get fed and that's pretty much it. And then also this morning, Aaron Rodgers uh, gets a confirmed COVID case. uh, And then the news breaks that he is uh, unvaccinated as well. So he misses this week because of the COVID protocols. Uh, Jordan love gets the start. So Johnny Roca already gave you one streaming option. If you want to go that route with uh, Derek Carr, I think uh, Tua, Tua Tagovailoa has a good matchup against the Texans, and he's rostered in about forty-four percent of leagues. Um, and then he's Mike, been impressive lately too, isn't he? he he's show he's shown signs, especially in in <clears throat> a more PPR styled quarterback play, you know. Sure. Um, and then Mike White, who came out for the Jets last week and Ooh. threw for four hundred yards against. Whoa. I mean. Against the Bengals too, and the Bengals defense mm-hmm. has been—it's been hit or miss, but it's been hitting a lot more than missing this this season. Yeah. And yeah. so, you know, uh, now he's going up against the Colts, who have had a little bit of struggle on defense. They're not the best against the against the pass. I do like Mike right. White this week. Yeah, I, I like the call, man. He almost made my stardom list, and uh, I picked him up in a couple of my leagues. I'm going all in on him, bro. 
Yeah. And then with Atlanta, you know, Calvin Ridley uh, on Sunday announced that he was going to be stepping away from football for mental health uh, reasoning. Um, I did not know that. Yeah. So he's going to be out for who knows. He never gave he didn't give a timetable, just kind of whenever he feels mentally prepared. So he could be back in two weeks. He could miss the rest of the season. So it's kind of tough if you were a Calvin Ridley, uh, if you bought in on him early. But as a replacement, if you want to go the Atlanta route, because we know Matt Ryan throws the ball, um, I lean more towards Tajay Sharp than Russell Gage. I mean, Kyle Pitts at, at tight end instantly jumps up to, oh, like, yeah. t- uh, you know, top three tight end finish, you know? Absolutely. But I think Tajay Sharp shown a lot of <clears throat> rapport with uh, with Matt Ryan, and I think he's going to get a lot more of the target share. So yeah. if, if you're going to buy in on somebody from Atlanta, I, I lean that way more than I would say Russell Gage. What a great call. Yeah, a lot of people do tend to go towards Russell Gage. I think it's just like a, a household name thing. To, yeah, you, he's you – know, Everyone knows Russell Gage now. Yeah, Russell Gage has been there. You know, he, he used to be snaking touchdowns away from, from Julio and from Calvin Ridley every once in a while. But yeah, since Julio's been gone and Calvin's been the, the guy over there, Russell Gage has seen absolutely nothing. I thought he'd That's jump crazy. up to the I thought he'd jump up to the number two receiver spot, yeah. but nothing. So um I think Great that's, call there though. Great call, everybody. If you guys hear that, pick up Sharp. Yeah. Tajay Sharp, I think, uh moves forward as their as their number one guy um yeah i think i think that pretty much covers everything i wanted to cover any yeah. any parting words for the listeners out there johnny well as as we covered it right now in our uh, commissioner's corner topic today um if you're at the bottom of your league man just get in there and just go all out you know don't don't be conservative with your with your picks anymore or who you put in just go all out swing for the fence man just like just try to make it happen um, trade a lot of trades and everything's going down, you know, just do what you need to do to get your team going and, and just, just don't give up hope, man. And hopefully in your leagues, or if you don't have a, a consolation bracket prize or anything, ask your commissioner, you know, it's not too late to kind of spice it up a little bit, but good luck to everybody out there, man. It's uh what are we at week nine now? So week nine. Um, <clears throat> just, yeah, just, it's, it's time. It's time. I mean, a couple of weeks here, we're going to be talking about getting ready for those playoffs. It's fantasy playoffs. So yeah. Good luck to everybody, man. Just uh, keep grinding. It's going to be fun. Um, yeah, like Johnny Roca said, open communication with your commissioner is always great. And I get the privilege now to do a little side segment on the podcast with my commissioner. So that's great. Um, yes, sir. Yeah, please. And, and coming from the commissioner side of that, please communicate with us. That's major, you guys. I had a, if, if you don't mind bringing it up real quick, I had an issue in one of my leagues this past week and I woke up to a text to one of my, uh, one of the uh, fancy owners saying, Hey, uh, there's this issue. I won't go into the topic or anything, Mm -hmm. but uh, he brought, he brought it up to me and I had to jump up on it right away. And and I stayed up for a couple of hours fixing this major issue, but it got fixed, but still, you know, without the communication of others pointing things out and whatnot, I mean, you know, commissioners can't really, you know, function as good as they could. So definitely communicate, communicate, communicate. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Well, I don't know where they're going to put this in. So if this is at the end, I hope everybody has a great fantasy football week. But if it's in the middle, but if it's in the middle, we're going to throw it on back to Travis and Cheese here. So I hope you all enjoy the rest of this podcast. And have a good fantasy football week, everybody. See you on that fantasy gridiron. Let's get into the matchups, huh? 
I know there's injuries and stuff, and we'll just talk about it as we go. And we'll talk about the first game here. The Jets in Indianapolis on Thursday night. Um, why don't you start it off? Pick, pick your poison here. Pick your poison. Um, well, we did talk about Mike White. He went the fuck off. 403 yards, most passing yards in the league this week. I don't know if you saw the dude who uh, did the bet for $1,000. Did I send winning. that to you? You did not send it to me, but it was just all over the internet. It was all over, yeah, yeah. $125,000 the man won because Mike White out here throwing 400 yards. Just absolutely yeah. insane. Now, on the fantasy uh, things, I would say settle your tea kettle. It's probably not going to be the starter much longer. I would assume Zach Wilson's still going to be the guy over there. But uh, what about you know, Joe Flacco? I mean, <laughs> I, 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 Joe Flacco, you know, he Joe Flacco's an elite quarterback from what I hear. So probably be a good idea for him to play, but. Uh, no, seriously, I think on the Jets side of things, really, it's just like Michael Carter is like the only guy you can really, I don't know if they start with confidence, but kind of the guy you have to start just because he is a starting running back and he gets the most touches on his team. This game is not very sexy from a fantasy perspective or a real football pers- uh, perspective, but uh, yeah. Well, I, mean, I, I will, I'll interject here and I say, I think it is sexy in one position of this game. And that is the fact that the Jets have, one of the worst rush defenses in the league. Um, I think depending on what fantasy league you're in, they're ranked 30th to 32nd. So the bottom of the barrel, Jonathan Taylor has been on fire. Naheem Hines has been great. So I think, um, you know, Jonathan Taylor is the lead back, but Naheem Hines, I think is even bumped up to a flex option in this game because of the bad um, Jets rush defense and the fact that if Indianapolis snaps back, which I think after their poor performance last week and Carson Wentz blunders, they're going to try and tighten up this game. Uh, Colts not really known to go back to back and be too terrible. And um, T Y Hilton is out again as of now, right? Did they rule him officially out? I don't know if he's officially out yet. I believe he is question oh no i think it's it says he's out with concussion so i don't know if that yeah. means he's out in terms of the entire week but uh yeah so ty yeah. once again hurt but michael Pittman, i keep talking about it. i i fucked up on him but he he's been phenomenal he kind of yeah. had a a great he's week been, last week and he's going to continue that he's been very very consistent as a like a wide receiver one at times wide receiver two uh, you know and i think some of that continues with the jets their defense is bad they give up points so on that side of it i think it'll be a good fantasy matchup. Um, and next, Sunday slate. Falcons at the Saints. Now, the Saints are now officially without Jameis Winston, our king. Moment of silence for Jameis Winston, everybody. What does this do for the quarterbacks now? Right? Because um, I believe that Taysom Hill was put into concussion concussion protocol during this game. Correct, Jeez? Uh, he is out with a concussion. I no clue on if he will start or not. But um, we, you know, Mike White's the guy who, who I say stay away from. But Taysom Hill does have some some value to him, especially because he runs a lot. We saw what he did last year with the um, with the absence of Drew Brees. I would suspect more of the same. I don't know what this means for Alvin Kamara because when uh, Taysom Hill was in Alvin Kamara's 
uh, touches in terms of rushing went way, way down. We're seeing right now Kamara is, I mean, he, he gets his catches every now and then, but he's kind of rushing a lot more than normal. So I think Taysom Hill is definitely a guy to pick up and, you know, possibly I think he's a viable starter. Now, maybe we can talk more about this when we get to like the Derrick Henry situation, but if you want to, you know, you don't think you need him, you can pick up a Taysom Hill, use your quarterback. That might be a viable starter. Kind of use that person as trade bait. Cause I do like Taysom Hill over the long term and in this game, if he does play. It depends. I think it depends on if you're, how your league's set up. If your league's set up where, like ours that we're in together, where you get major bonuses for, you know, big passing yard games, Taysom Hill's not going to be that guy. But he does, he throws completions. He has, um, he has upside on his feet. I don't see any issues with picking him up. And if you need him um, as an option, he's a maybe go to guy. Alvin Kamara, if this becomes an extended thing with Taysom Hill, uh, you know, we did see it last year, and I, it's kind of hard to base off of, but it's Alvin Kamara, so you're not going to not start him. So, that like, that's not an issue, right? Yeah, I mean, you're still definitely starting him uh, with Mark Ingram in the fold. Now maybe he takes a little bit more of those short yardage touches away from him, but I think it also does hurt the uh, receivers quite a bit, like Marquez Callaway. Him and Jameis were kind of doing something down the field. And then also Michael Thomas, he's still out. He's around supposedly coming back we know you know it's one of the weirdest scenarios we got two weird scenarios from these uh, different wide receivers on either team yeah i mean with michael thomas we have a little bit of a sample size from last year but uh, he's more of like a a short guy kind of the joke is all he does is run slants and i think that would kind of help him with Taysom hill so if you're holding on to him we're in you know going into a week nine at this point i think you're still going to keep on keep a hold of michael thomas and just wait and see, I think. Yeah, and then on the other side of the ball, we get an announcement. Um, we get announced early before Sunday's game that Julio Jones is not Julio Jones. Sorry, Calvin Ridley is not going to start for the Falcons. And then shortly after, I think, after the game ended or s- something on that, it was still on Sunday, Calvin Ridley announces that he's stepping away from the game for a minute to uh, – to, uh, address his mental health apparently he's been having issues and stuff continuously so uh you know shout out to him it takes a big man to come come out and say something and not just you know let that fester at you and dealing with that is a big thing especially in the nfl where we know we these guys are dealing with concussions and all this other stuff that can truly affect their life in the future and if it's that bad to the point where he needs to step away from football who knows how bad it was actually for him but we're here to talk fantasy. So, Cheese, what do you think this does for the wide receiver core of Atlanta? Um, I, I honestly don't know. I mean, as you said, you know, shout out Calvin Ridley. Takes takes a big man to, to do what he did to kind of step away. But I think this more kind of relies on Kyle Pitts. He's definitely, you know, had more of a breakout game these last couple of weeks. Not exactly his best game last week, but uh, we saw what he did in London when Ridley was out. And I was thinking maybe, you know, with Ridley out, this would be another big Russell Gage game. Gage didn't do anything. Uh, the top receiver for last week was Taji Sharp. And I don't think people are going out, you know, picking up Taji Sharp uh, anytime soon. I think it's just more Cordell Patterson and more Kyle Pitts, just kind of two people that they're just going to get even more usage out of. Yeah, yeah. Kyle, Kyle Pitts, I just see it keeps going up. And Cordero, Cordero Patterson, that man. I, I don't see why he wouldn't continue to keep playing well. But 
we'll move on here. The Denver Broncos in Dallas taking on the Cowboys in Jerry World. Why don't you give me your uh, your opinions on this game first? So last week I was confident, or at least maybe hopeful, that Dak was going to play. Dak did not play, but I think it was more one of those things that if it was a playoff game, a must-win type scenario, he would have played. And it looks very likely that he will play up uh, at this game. So I know I said this last week, but I think Dak will play, and that definitely will help uh, just the overall uh, production. But I mean, we saw what Cooper Rush did. Same, pretty much the same thing. So I, I think it's still you're going to start whoever you have. You know, C.E. Lamb, you know, Schultz, Cooper, Elliott, maybe Pollard in a deep league, everything like that, and uh, you know, maybe temper a little bit of expectations because it is the Broncos. I know people kind of you're not they, you don't like them because they're on a four game losing streak. They are trash, overrated, whatever you want to call them, but they still have a solid defense. But with the trade of Von Miller, who knows how big of a, a hole that will leave in their uh, their rush. So, yeah, uh, it's one of those things where a guy like that could affect, you know, not just on the field team wise, but fantasy wise, if he's demoralizing the team that bad. And, you know, he's a big hole on defense. And if the defense has trouble getting off the field or they keep or they give him more points, the offense is pushed to um, play a different style which could benefit fantasy-wise to Teddy Bridgewater's points, which he came back in, an, in what was a pretty bad game against um, against Washington. He scored about 20 fantasy points, so that's, you know, it's not terrible, it's not good, but the I think the stuff is there. And um, But that was Washington, who's been playing poor all season. Dallas has had their share of turnovers. So I... I I, I I don't know. I'm trying to get a feel on this game. I think I think Denver could try and just keep the ball on the ground the whole game and 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 try and keep it away. But if, if they get a big, if they get a big, and you're betting on Denver or sorry Dallas getting up big, then I like Dallas's defense as a start because Teddy Bridger, Bridgewater is going to be forced to throw the ball, and that's where you know Trayvon Dig comes in and fucking picks off a couple and. Um, but at the same token, Jerry Judy's great. Uh, Cortland Sutton has seemed like he's the number number two guy. I know I was pretty high on Tim Patrick coming in and maybe taking uh, a step up after what he did when when Jerry Judy was gone, but it's kind of knocked him back down. I mean, last week it was pretty much spread across the board. I think all three of those guys had four targets. Or no, uh, Tim Patrick had three targets, but he did more with them, catching three for 64 yards. So technically he had the best day, but uh, first game back with Jerry Judy against a Washington team that did, I think, step up compared to what I think a lot of expectations were going into that game. I think a lot of people thought that they were just going to run all over them and throw it all over the place. And that didn't happen. Washington actually stepped up and looked decent. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, going into this game, as you said, Diggs, uh, he, he's more of like a shadow guy. I mean, he completely shut down Justin Jefferson, so... I mean, I, I would, I, he's probably going to be shadowing Cortland Sutton. So I would say maybe stay away from him or at least give him a downgrade, kind of stay away from him if you have some better options. But for the most part, I, I'm not the biggest fan of, you know, this matchup overall. But I mean, Jerry Judy did look good. You know, Tim Patrick is his thing, but you know, no one the first game back, it kind of just lowered the, lowered the water level because Ju- Judy came back. For sure. For sure. All right. And then the Panthers hope. Oh, 
choked on water. The Panthers hosting New England. Um, Panthers defense was good early, not so great as of late. Uh, Mac Jones have, I guess, uh, like in my opinion, what I've seen from him is he's kind of shown himself as like a, um, like a receptions guy. Like he, there's not much yardage coming out of him. Would you say that? Yeah, very much, you know, safe throws. Don't do too much with it. They're running the ball very effectively. Damian Harris had a phenomenal game last week. So, I mean, this is what we thought coming into the season. Mac Jones seemingly was going to be the best rookie receiver because he was in a, a you know, a safe, quote-unquote, offense, and uh, he, he's thrived. He might not be the best fantasy quarterback, but a real quarterback or, you know, real football-wise, he's, he's doing a pretty good job. Yeah, and you know what? we talk, I talked last week about how I like Nick Folk in the matchups, especially with the way that green, uh, the new England offense is playing. And I think that just keeps, keeps continuing. Last week you had, what is it? 17 points here. I mean, in, that's insane for your kicker. You know, if you're like me and you have them like try and keep them or go out there and, you know, try and see if he's a free agent. Let's see. He's uh rostered in about 60% of league. So he may be available for you. This team drives, and just doesn't get into the end zone often. So I, I really like the upside on Nick Folk. A lot of kicker talk there. A lot of kicker I mean, he's talk. just the he's the perfect combination of a, a great kicker on an offense that's good enough to drive it down the field, but just not good enough to kind of punch it all the time. So most definitely, most definitely. Uh, moving on over to Carolina. Um, I mean, it's Carolina. What is there really to say over there? I mean, Chuba Hubbard hasn't exactly been the best fill-in for uh, Christian McCaffrey, but you're still starting him because you probably don't have too many better options unless you kind of sniped uh, the Christian McCaffrey owner off the waiver wire. But uh, Zane Gonzalez, we got some kicker talk. He, I think now, he, now they say, hold well, before you get there, they say that uh, CMC may be back this week, but even if he is back, I would like to say be cautious with it because at this point they may try and limit him just based on the fact that he can't stay healthy. Yeah. I mean, four and four, you know, it's still kind of early in the season. You don't want to rush it back too, too much. Yeah. You know, you don't, you don't want to fall down under 500, but it's Christian McCaffrey. You still got years on his contract. You don't want to rush it in too much. But uh, as I was saying, shout out Zane Gonzalez. He was the top scorer for the Carolina Panthers this week. So a lot of kicker talk. Uh, these are kind of the two prototypical kicker offenses. They got some talent. They can move it down the field at times, but then for some reason they just can't really uh, punch it in, but. Carolina off uh, defense, they've been productive. You know, they've had really good start to the season. I mean, they've had, you know, some off weeks, but uh, I, I do like them as kind of like a streaming option, depending on exactly who you got. You know, they're not exactly going to shut them down, but they'll get some sacks. They'll get an interception possibly. So if that's what you're looking for, then I, I do like Carolina defense. For sure. For sure. And the next match that we have here is the Minnesota Vikings in Baltimore to play the Ravens. I'll kick it up to you first. Why don't you uh, tell me what you like? So I said that uh, Justin Jefferson got shut down by Trayvon Diggs. I would assume uh, it's going to be a big game for him this week against the Baltimore Ravens. I mean, we saw what Joe Burrow did against them a couple weeks ago. I would assume they're going to try to do the same thing here, try to air it out. Uh, Still going to be a big game for Dalvin Cook. But uh, after a frustrating performance last week, I'd say Justin Jefferson pays off this week. Yeah, you know, and it's been great as somebody who owns. um, Nope, nope, I got my fucking players mixed up. 
Never mind. Continue on. We'll go to Baltimore. Uh, Baltimore, let's see. Mm, off a of bye, I think this is probably the most productive their offense is going to be. Like, But when you're looking at it, the guys you start are always going to be Lamar Jackson, Mark Andrews. You know, Mark Andrews hasn't exactly been the best tight end of all, you know, but he's high. He's top 10. So that's your only option. Uh, I'm not sure what we're doing with Marquise Brown yet. He has been productive and this is a really bad Minnesota uh, passing offense. You know, we've seen what teams, I mean, Cooper, Cooper Rush, right? Is that his name from Dallas? Yep. He was able to be productive um, off of a one week, get ready, play the game. Now they do have talent other than just basically one wide receiver, but Lamar Jackson is a better quarterback in that threat of that threat of um, the rushing game from him, whether it's just him or whether it's like Latavius Murray or who's the other guy down there now? Uh, well, Le'Veon Bell, Devonte, fucking Freeman, whoever they're going to, whoever yeah, just, else, just think of a productive running back from like 10 years ago. And that's yeah. who the Ravens have. Whether it's, you know, Lamar Jackson, that I think it could draw Minnesota off and basically give Marquise Brown the upside to be a flex option this week. Yeah, and uh, Mark Andrews, I think he's kind of vaulted himself into that top three, maybe top two category. Um, the obvious is starting him, but uh, I've really been liking what I've seen from Mark Andrews this last, you know, this whole season pretty much. Yeah, he's been really – he's been a lot better this season – I remember, was it like two seasons ago when he kind of burst on the scene and then he was spotty. And then last year he got drafted high and everybody was projecting him to be like in that top three conversation of the Kelsey's and the Kittles and all of them. And this year he's kind of, like you said, made himself a little bit more placed on that. What the fuck is the thing from the Olympics? My brain is not working. The podium. Uh He's, oh, yeah, I was going to say pedestal, but I knew that's not what you were saying. Yeah, I, well, we're both having bad brain days, so it's okay. And I'm rambling my sentence on. But we'll keep moving on. Um, the Cincinnati Bengals host the Cleveland Browns, the injury-stricken Cleveland Browns. Um, this matchup, I think, especially with what happened to Cincinnati last week, um, I think they try and bounce back now, at the same time bouncing back while they're playing a good Browns defense could be a real issue. Um, Joe Mixon, Jamar Chase, Joe Burrow, these guys are all starting. Now I would at the same time, we're doing that. Those guys are starting. I'm going to downgrade T Higgins. I just don't see the upside. I see them trying to play it close, keep it on the ground. Um, the Cleveland Browns are one of the best um defenses in the league so i i don't like that then going over to the cleveland offense uh no cream hunt still obviously still on ir but we did get the first look at what nick chubb and dearness johnson were going to do tough matchup against the steelers i was kind of talk myself into that possibly they could have done something but that offense just in general wasn't doing too much against the steelers but uh, just a little bit of a glimpse uh cream or sorry nick chubb got a majority of the work he had 16 rushes compared to Johnson's four. Both of them caught a pass, but Johnson did get in the end zone, so technically he was more productive. But when it comes to snaps, it was still the Nick Chubb show. He wasn't as, you know, I kind of said that Dearness Johnson was going to be maybe the, the Kareem Hunt replacement, 
I mean, I probably wouldn't say that right now, but it was a tough matchup against the Steelers. I'm still holding on to him. He holds value, whether it be a handcuff to Nick Chubb or just on his own. But uh, I like the running backs a lot more in this situation. I don't know what type of game we're going to get because I remember last year we had that, you know, epic shootout on Thursday night football, just kind of throwing all over the place. And then the second game, I think it was a little bit, it wasn't as high scoring, but it was still, you know, relatively scoring availability. So maybe there will be points had in this game compared to, you know, what you're um, saying. OBJ and Jarvis Landry seem to have a rough time catching the football. Um, They didn't have very productive weeks. What do you say that you say that leans on just kind of an off thing? I know Jarvis Landry is coming back from injury. Yeah. I mean, they're both just kind of dealing with stuff. I'm, I've been just, you know, hammering it home that Odell Beckham, I'm staying away from him. If he wasn't Odell, if he didn't have that fantastic catch all those years ago, people probably wouldn't care about him. And he just got absolutely locked down. And I'm I still, starting to, I'm starting to agree with that. Take. I, I, you know, I, I thought when he went to Cleveland and we seen what they did without him on the field, I was like, I think they should probably try and move this guy. They play better without him. You know, I still like Jarvis Landry in terms of like wide receivers. He he, he gets more targets. I mean, he got 10 targets last week. He caught whatever, five for 65. So, you know, he could have done a lot more, but he's still getting the looks. Yeah. So compared to what Odell's getting over there. And I mean, you know, maybe David and Joku and Hooper can break out, but you're not starting either one of them. So out of the past, I love the running game for the Browns. I mean, that's, game, that's, not been so what it's, that's been what it's, that has been what it's been is kind of just like we trust the running game here in Cleveland. They don't have a uh, dumbass Freddie Kitchens over there fucking that up. So let it roll. Let it roll. Uh, next game, though, Buffalo Bills in Jacksonville to play the Jaguars. Where are we at? You, Yeah, you're up. Start this one. We're staying away from all the Bills. We're sitting them all because of the Manning curse. Every single current day player who has been on the Manning cast loses the next week. You might think, oh, the Bills are going to blow out the Jaguars. They're going to beat them by 21 at least. No, that ain't the case. They're going to lose. They're losing this game. I'm going to preview it right now. The Bills are losing this game, so just stay away from everybody. But you're still probably starting uh, Josh Allen because <laughs> yeah, you have let's, to. Let's still probably start Josh Allen. <laughs> and um, I know Emmanuel Sanders last week had uh, zero catches or zero fantasy points, I believe it was. I don't, which, same thing, if he had a catch, you get what I'm saying. Um, do you think that continues or you think he gets back to kind of what he was doing before, which was basically flex option, right? Yeah. He, I mean, he still has like a little bit of value. I mean, we saw what a struggling passing offense of the Seahawks could do against the Jacksonville defense. Now, yes, it was at home uh, for Seattle, but I, I would assume it's going to be the same, even worse for this week with the bills, just because of their passing offenses, you know, clicking on all cylinders you know, not on all cylinders, but it's good enough. They're the bills. They're going to, you know, find a way to, to get it done. And uh, the running backs, you know, still, well, um, you know, I took that, I took that leap of faith last week saying Buffalo would probably get ahead and, and, um, and use Devin Singletary more to kind of run out the clock on, on the dolphins and the, and it was close for the first half and, or pretty close for the first half, correct? And um, it kind of worried me. And um, I was wrong, and it sucked because I started it. But, you know, it is what it is. 
And then on the side of the Jacksonville Jaguars, uh, seven points total scored last week against the uh, Seahawks, which not a great, not a great uh, defensive team. But and now they're coming playing, off a bye. Yeah. Um, great and off, Urban and Meyer, yeah. great coach. <laughs> um, do you see any upside in even starting a guy like uh, like Marvin Jones Jr. this week? Yeah, it, I mean, it's a tough matchup. I, I all depends on exactly where Jones kind of ranks on your depth chart. But uh, yeah, I'm kind of, you know, kind of staying away. We saw what they did uh, to the Dolphins last week. Now, I, I would say probably the Jacksonville has more talented wide receivers than overall than the uh, the Dolphins. But mm, I don't know about that one. Uh, I mean, you know, Marvin Jones Jr. is pretty good. You know, LaVisca Chenault's pretty good. Jalen Waddle, Devontae Parker. Devontae Parker had a great game last week, which really sucked for me because it was I didn't fucking start him because he's off an of injury. But yeah, they got I mean the Jaguars have Jamal Agnew. He had the he had 12 targets last week. And I, I think if you are looking for like a waiver wire pickup, it, it might just be a one week thing. Maybe with with Chark out, he's kind of stepping up. Uh, but you know, if you're looking, Jamal Agnew's kind of a guy to keep an eye on. I think it must, I think it was definitely one of those things like um, Seattle didn't know who this guy was, so they're like, "Hey, man, this guy's open every fucking time." I don't know; it's insane. It's it's weird when we get that one standout guy one week, and then the wa- waiver wires are going to be flooded with him because he scored a fucking big game last week, and I don't think it happens again. Is the problem? I mean, he got 12 targets for 38 yards. So, I mean, he caught half of them. So, good for him. Dan, <laughs> well, Dan, Ar- Dan Arnold, uh, you know, tight end over there was at eight. He caught eight for 68 on 10 catches. So, on 10 targets. So, you know, maybe for you're looking. I think that for, would be the higher, like, if you're looking for a pickup out of Jacksonville, I think it would probably be Dan Arnold, right? Yeah. I mean, especially if you had like Robert Tunyon who went down, blew his ACL out. So, if you're kind of struggling trying to find a, a replacement, you know, Gronk. Stuff like that, I think Sam Arnold or Dan, Dan Arnold, whatever his name is, he's a good guy to look after. <laughs> he's a good guy to look after. All right. There you go. Hashtag analysis. Hashtag analysis. Uh, next game would be the Houston Texans at the Dolphins, both one and seven teams, both playing really poorly, but the Texans just a tad worse. All the guys who went in, like somebody you know over here on, on Miami Dolphins players, this is your time to shine against a bad Houston Texans team. This is a, your time to shine. Miles Gaskin, he's not hurt, right? I just got to make sure he's not fucking hurt. Sorry. Yeah, he so. looks – He, I, nothing so far. He's So you're starting Miles Gaskin. You're starting Tua. You're starting Devontae Parker. You're starting Jalen Waddle. Fucking sign, seal, deliver. Yeah, big upgrade all around the board for this Dolphins offense. Oh, and Mike, the, Mike Gusecki too, sorry. Yeah, and, you know, it's not the best offense, but they throw the ball a whole a hell of a lot. So uh, upgrade for everyone in uh, Tua revenge game, even though, you know, he's he's going to prove to the Texans well, that they should have traded a, for him. It's a future revenge game, right? Yeah, it's a tryout game. Tua's showing the, the Texans how great he can be against themselves. Well, so. he heard about the uh, rubbing tugs down there in Houston. Or, sorry. Ah, uh, on the side of the Houston ball, cheese. Do you have anything to say for these players over in Houston? I mean, Brandon Cooks is consistent. 
Yeah, I mean, it's kind of the same thing every week. Brandon Cooks is kind of the only guy you can really start. Uh, Tyrod Taylor. Question, is he supposed to be back? Because I see him projected. Yeah, I mean, he was he could have, I think, maybe played last week. Didn't, you know, coming into this week, you know, possibly look at. I mean, I don't know how much Tyrod Taylor really elevates it. I mean, but those first couple weeks, they got the win over he, Jacksonville. He they played, looked pretty good. So he's played well. Like even with this bad Texans team, he played well early. So I, I mean, I think that just you know makes Brandon Cooks that much more valuable if Tyrod does play. Of course, of course, and um, you know what? Love the kicker over here, uh, Fairbairn. I think is, is how his name is pronounced. I'm not gonna do the first one, but Kaimi. Ta- what I think Kaimi, something like that. Yeah. Some apostrophes and stuff. Um, I think fuck you know if Ty- especially if Tyrod's gonna play, then you know they're gonna move that ball a ton better. You could stream him as your kicker, and they should have some points. Miami's been bad at stopping offenses. That's for sure. Uh, Next game, the Las Vegas Raiders at the New York Giants. Now, big news, big sad news came in um, early this morning. Henry Ruggs III was um, flying in his Chevy Corvette somewhere on a Las Vegas road, drunk. And uh, plowed into a Toyota RAV4 and killed the driver of that vehicle. So, Henry Ruggs, not a good guy. So, would you say he's a sit this week? I don't. Well, check the inactives. So, so hold up. So, <laughs> this is this is funny because I, I, I'm I'm not a bad guy. Right? I'm just trying to win fantasy. But we know how the NFL works. If nobody was going to charge him. And he didn't hurt himself as well and then have to go to the hospital. I would probably say start him, but I don't think he's going to make the trip at all. I think it's going to be a long time before Henry Ruggs sees the field again, which stinks because when he's there on the field for the uh, Raiders, he then opens up the passing game um, to the other players. Uh, Like he extends the field. He makes Darren Waller more open. He makes guys like uh, he makes guys like Hunter Renfro more open over the middle, and I know this is good for you because you're a big Brian Edwards stands. What does that do for his upside? I mean, I would assume he kind of just fits into that role now. He's not exactly Henry Ruggs. He's not just going to stretch the field like that. You know, I threw it out there that possibly Deshaun Jackson he got cut from the uh, the Rams. Maybe you throw him in there, just be a Henry, an older Henry Ruggs, just, you know, run at 50 yards, get a, a safety distracted, then you can just throw it to Darren Waller for 15 yards. You know what? I didn't see that when I saw the news about Deshaun Jack. I did not even think about it. That is a pretty good idea. So we know the Raiders will never do it. Exactly. <laughs> um, Derek Carr, you know, like we said, he uh, and we said overpass, he's very, very fantasy productive. Even though Henry Ruggs is out, I think he still can continue that, especially against the New York Giants. Really, really bad defense. Yeah, I mean, we did see the Giants kind of lock down Kelsey this week. I don't know if that was just a you know a, a Chiefs thing or if that's kind of what they're going to try to do, especially against the Raiders, who kind of have a similar aspect. You know, try to lock down Waller and just make the other guys beat them. So uh, maybe a, a lookout, but obviously you're still starting them. And then on the Giants front. Uh, once again, seemingly every single wide receiver just goes down. 
Uh, we don't have too much information on timetables quite yet, but uh, the Sterling Shepard one did not look good. I would say the Kadarius Tony and Dante Pettis are a little bit more uh, light, not likely, but you know, more optimism uh, to play this week, but it, it's just not looking good. Someone's got to catch passes. Evan Ingram uh, had a decent game. He didn't get traded. So he, he's pop- been consistent for a couple weeks now. Yeah. A couple weeks now. So, I, I mean, he was injured at the beginning of the season and he's been playing well. So like I I've liked him. I picked, I picked him up early um, as a tight end in one of the leagues and been very happy with his productivity. Yeah. He's just kind of one of those guys that people had high hopes for him. Kind of, I mean, we, we kind of like put him in that Kyle Pitts category that thought he was going to be a super rookie. Didn't exactly pan out that way, but he's kind of found his niche these past couple weeks. It's kind of like a solid option for Daniel Jones right now. Well, you know, when Kyle Rudolph was uh, sent over there, you're like, oh, what does that do for Evan Ingram? We know he's hurt. and Doesn't seem to be doing much. I mean, uh, you know, he's not anything great, but he's also not anything bad. He seems to be a red zone target. So you know how that is for tight ends. That's upside. Yeah, and pretty much the entire trade deadline was we thought all these people would move, and none of them really did, except for Von Miller, which we didn't even think of. So there you go. Uh, yeah, that that probably one of the only guys you think, ah, he's not going to go anywhere. But the next game we're going into to continue on is the Los Angeles Chargers in Philadelphia to play the Eagles. Um, what do you see from this matchup? So no Miles Sanders in this game. We kind of wanted to see what that running back room was going to look like. Uh, a lot of people kind of put Kenneth Gainwell as that guy oh my to God. be the rush oh. to, to be the lead guy, and that did not happen whatsoever. Oh, he got that hurts. Uh, that fucking hurt bad. He got what is this? Two rushes, mm-hmm. and that was all just kind of in garbage time because they were blowing out those poor Lions. Uh, it was really just a, a Boston Scott type game and a, a Jordan Howard. Both of them punch it in. So. I know it you was, probably put it. It, it, it sucks. was a real shitty thing, you know. Uh, it, it sucks. It sucks when you you know stand up on that horse and then you you know you, whatever you said is just that wrong. It really stinks. Um, nothing from the pass catchers, but as I said, you know Scott and Howard had such a monster game. I think it's hard to put too much stock into that. So, but also the uh, I mean we saw what Damon Harris did last week against the Chargers front. So I wouldn't I would expect more of the same from this Eagles defense or for offense. Yeah, I just more, don't know who it's going to be. I probably would put my bet on Scott. But Yeah, it seemed like he, you know, and, and this is kind of what we saw from Jordan Howard too, when even when he was in Chicago and he was also in Miami. Am I saying that right? Yeah. Yeah, it was kind of the same thing where he, he doesn't get a lot of work up and down the field. If, you know, but in the red zone, they seem to use him. It, it's going to be a weird thing. And then, you know what? We'll come back next week and have to apologize because they use Kenneth Gainwell a ton. <laughs> yeah, because they're going to be in a, a little slugfest and he's going to have to get all the pass catching work. So, yeah, with this fucking Nick Sirianni guy, nobody knows what the fuck is going on. Yeah. But on the other side of the ball, the Chargers, um, Austin Eckler, guy he drafted highs, always starting. Um, Mike Williams had a down week last week. I think this is coming to one of those situations. And I've talked about it before, kind of Mike Evans, Godwin. And I think I've used it for Mike, uh, Mike Williams and Keenan Allen. Like if, if one's co- like consistently getting more work and seems to be the number one, you know, somebody has to be favored. Otherwise they give up the ground game. So it you're playing hot potato. 
but I think both of them um, this week have about the same upside. So if you have one or the other, it doesn't matter if you have both. I, I think you have to kind of start them. Chargers have been down lately the way they've been playing, and I think they really need a bounce back, even though they're going all the way to the East Coast. I think they could wake up here and have a really good game. Yeah, it is a later game on the East Coast, so hopefully that does help them out a little bit. But um, I'm with you. I mean, you got to start both of them. I think Mike Williams, it's kind of like a Tyler Lockett situation. He's going to give you his huge games. He's also going to give you your duds. Last week was a dud, but you, you still got to start him uh, regardless. But, um, I mean, I mean and- nothing, nothing really much to say because you're going to start all the guys you're really going to start. Down week for Jared Cook after we just kind of talked him up last week. Yeah, for sure. Um a game we thought would be a heavyweight matchup. Um, the Green Bay Packers against the Kansas City Chiefs. This game being hosted by Kansas City. Um, Kansas City's offense been looking poor. I, I know Patrick Mahomes has been playing, but how's his health doing? Like it, I think his health is it's fine. I mean, it's, it's football, you know, everyone, just I know a couple of weeks ago, he had like stuff. a foot issue and stuff got rolled up on. So I just didn't know if it was bother him or not. He looked okay last week, but you know, from, from what used to be a high powered offense where you could like flex in a, a Mikkel Hardman every once in a while. And, a um, who's some of the other guys? What like a Pringle, right? Isn't Pringle there? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't I don't think that upside is there at this time. Green Bay is not, you know, kind of the middle of the road on D de- on defense. So I don't know. It's Patrick Mahomes, it's Tyreek Hill, it's Travis Kelsey, right? Yep, pretty much. And Harrison Buckner. Cannot forget about the kicker. Oh yeah, Harrison Buckner. We can't. Uh, yeah, I don't know um, what to expect from this game. I mean, the the Packers kind of, you know, sh- not shut down the, the Cardinals, but they had a solid game. Zach Ertz had a bigger game, so maybe that means Kelsey has a bounce back and maybe Tyreek Hill takes a little bit of a step back. But, I mean, he's at home, Kansas City. We keep trying to say, you know, they're going to get back on track. They're going to get back on track. This should have been a get-right game against the Giants. It really wasn't, and now the, the Chiefs are kind of in a tough slate with they play the Packers, the Raiders, I think the Chargers after that. So they got a, a rough couple weeks up ahead. Yeah, like you said, they should have been. A, it should have been a get right game uh, against great against uh, fucking Giants, and they were they were not good. They were flat, but they you know they, they end up winning these games. Uh, Devonte Adams right now is listed as out. Do we know the outstanding news on him? Not yet. I did see Alan Lazard did get activated off the COVID list. So that is some good news on that front, but I have not heard anything. So as far as I'm reading here, it's that he is expected to return to practice Thursday. By all accounts, he's expected to be back. And we know when Devontae Adams is in, of course, he's starting Aaron Jones starting Aaron Rodgers starting. Right. Um, What does it do? If Devontae Adams starts or doesn't start, what does this do for Alan Lazard? And um, who's the other guy? Randall Cobb. Um, It's tough to say because they really did lean heavily on Aaron Jones last week, seven catches for 51 yards. I mean, Cobb had his two touchdowns, but those are two of his three catches. So it's kind of hard to really put too much on it to then. I mean, Tanyan got the other uh, four targets, but he hurt. He uh, hurt his ACL he's done for the year. I'm not exactly uh, too high on Josiah DeGora. 
whatever if that's how you say his name i am sorry sir but uh, we got to see it first so if adams is out which i would assume he's going to be back in uh, just expect an uptick more for uh, Aaron jones yeah with all the reports saying he should be back thursday I, you know i wouldn't i wouldn't much worry about it yeah i mean if he's on track now he's probably just kind of locked up at his house you know in quarantine he should be back on thursday yeah for sure um next game the arizona cardinals Playing the 49ers in Santa Clara. Um, Arizona uh, had a big loss last week, of course, to Green Bay. Um, Kyler Murray is questionable right now. Let's see what his status is saying. Oh, fuck. It's kind of one of those weird things. It's very similar to the Dak Prescott situation. Kind of came out of the game, or not came out of the game, but injured at the end of the game. Uh, sitting on a walking boot after the press conference, uh, you know, optimism, they're, you know, saying all the right things, but uh, it's very similar to Dak and they're kind of in the same situation where they don't need to play him, you know, divisional game. You probably want him out there, but I, if it's iffy, I would assume they probably maybe lay off, especially because he's the, so, he's so athletic. Is this the first game against the 49ers this season or did they already beat him once? I could have sworn they already beat them. Man. Yeah, I think they beat them earlier in the season. Yeah, so, I mean, although you weren't really looking at the 49ers and looking at tiebreaker games, um, but that would be a, a thing of, like, uh, do we want to play them or not? You know, we've already got one against them. You know, you plan to just go uh, 50-50 with your divisional teams. Um, they seem to use Zach Ertz quite a bit last week. So what does that do to the rest of the – uh, receiving core here in Arizona. I think it just muddies it even more because Zach Ertz, he, he got a fair share of targets. I think he's, he's a set it and forget it type of uh, tight end just because he's in this type of offense. And he's going to get looks and that's valuable for the tight end. But I mean, pretty much everyone else, it's like, I mean, you could start him if you want. There's no real reason for or against either one of them because of the offense. But I mean, I've kind of made it clear my thoughts on DeAndre Hopkins not the biggest fan, you know, very touchdown dependent. And the other guys are very heavily, they need the targets and a, probably a touchdown to pay off. And last week that was AJ Green who paid off. Most definitely. Um, the Titans face off against the Los Angeles Rams. This one in LA, I'll let you start this game. cheese. So uh, starting with the Rams, I mean, Cooper cup, just he's an animal. 115 yards on seven catches last week. He's continued to do his thing. I think Daryl Henderson, uh, he's kind of vaulted himself as like the lead guy, the number one guy. We thought maybe Sony Michelle would take a lot of touches, but uh, that that's not the case thus far. And, you know, maybe I, I like Daryl Henderson. If you're looking for like a, you know, a low end kind of RB type trade bait, uh, I would say go out and get him just because health, health permitting, the Rams are probably going to be a big in, in a lot of games. And they're going to lean on him and get him a lot of touches and, well, pretty much it, you know. The guys are starting. Matt Gay, shout out to the kickers out there. He's, Shout out. He's you know weird situation because the Rams are so efficient. He's going to probably kick a lot of extra points, not too many field goals, but. But you know what? That gives you a good baseline. I've always yeah. said that when I'm draft when I'm drafting kickers, because you know you don't want to walk away from the draft without a kicker. It really does no purpose to not have one at all. Um, and it's it's super easy to just look at the teams kind of there when you're at the end and your last pick and go, all right, which team, which one of these guys scores more 
or at least in your mind. Because if you're in your mind, you imagine them scoring more, at least in a red zone more, right? Yeah, and I mean, with this offense, he's kind of like a guaranteed like four to five points with like a, you know, a field goal, an extra point, or like a few extra points and maybe one field goal. So they're going to put up points and Gay should be kicking something. And then um, in one of the last big pieces of news that we have to address from the other side of the football here, the Tennessee Titans, Derrick Henry is out for um, what looks like an indefinite amount of time. They're not sure exactly how long they, they project that at, you know, in a good scenario, he would be able to come back towards the end of the season. Um, they go out, they pick up Adrian Peterson. Yes. Adrian Peterson. You heard that, right? You the old Baltimore Ravens method. Um, we seen a couple years ago, Adrian Peterson, was it even last year? Was it a couple or was it last year when he was with Detroit? He was with Detroit. He was with the the football team. So he's, I mean, he's obviously bounced around since Minnesota, yeah. but. But, he, but even then, when he was on those teams as an older guy, which he is, he still has some productivity. Um, and I'm not sure exactly how they're going to use him because the Jeremy McNichols is their backup and they've only really used him in passing downs. So I, I, you know, I expected still to be a push like a um, split time. I think leaning more the running game on Adrian Peterson, if he's healthy enough starting next week. This week, he's just coming back. He's just getting working. I don't think he has the fantasy relevancy. But I think after next week, if you're one of these guys who, like, you depend, you were depending on Derrick Henry being in there every week, you're heavy on uh, wide receivers, and um, you don't have a ton of depth in the running back, now's the time to go get Adrian Peterson because he at least scores a ton in the red zone. He's you know, always been that guy and Tennessee loves to run the ball down there. Yeah. And this is what I was kind of saying earlier with, you know, picking up a Taysom Hill or something. If you have Derrick Henry, you're obviously not going to get a one for one for him just off the waiver wire. So if you can look and if you have a Josh Allen, Aaron Rodgers, or someone like that to try to, you know, get a, a, a top tier running back to try to fill that void, then, then do it because it's going to be hard. I don't, I don't really see, you know, obviously no one's Der- Derrick Henry. They're not just going to fill in that big old void, but, um, yeah, you kind of said it like Jeremy McNichols. He gets a lot of the the passing downs. Maybe he gets more rushing touches. So I think his value it's it's good this week. But then Adrian Peterson, like as you said, he like over these last few years, he's been productive, like frustratingly productive because he takes away like the fantasy points from the guys you're starting, like the DeAndre Swifts or the Antonio Gibsons or stuff like that. So now that he is probably the lead guy. I would see him more kind of like the the Nick Chubb where he's just he's just going to run the ball, probably not going to catch it. And then, you know, McNichols is the guy who does that. So, I mean, it's pretty much like Derrick Henry, but he's just, you know, 10 years older Derrick Henry or 15 That's, years older. Yeah, I was going to say a little. I think you're a little bit off. On hey, that you know, one. Derrick Henry, I think, is older than I think people realize. He kind of came on a little later. Yeah. Adrian no, Peterson's no, no. been around. Yes. Yeah, I know. But it's fun to make Adrian Peterson really old. Remember when he beat his, beat his kid? All right, Monday okay. Night Football. The Chicago Bears in Pittsburgh, Steel City, playing the Steelers. Um, I'll let you start this one off as well because I wasn't prepared. 
uh, you know, tough matchup with the Steelers. They were able to shut down the the tough running game of the Cleveland Browns. Uh, Khalil Herbert has, you know, really emerged as like the top guy right now with uh, David Montgomery out. Damian Williams went down during the game. So, you know, this is going to make Khalil Herbert even more, more valuable if he is there. But it's going to be tough against that front seven of the Steelers. I mean, overall, I don't see too much value kind of in, you know, anyone else really, because I would assume the Steelers are going to give Justin Fields fits after he had a phenomenal game last week. Darno Mooney gets his looks. So maybe him, if you're kind of, you know, off some buys and something like that, kind of a fill in, but I'm kind of staying away from the bears. Maybe outside clue Herbert, I'm kind of staying away for everybody. Yeah. Um, it's kind of one of those similar things over here, you know, over on the other side with Pittsburgh, like Najee Harris has been fucking awesome. I, I think especially on a cold Monday night football game in Pittsburgh, I, I think the ball just gets ground and pounded. I don't see a, a lot of upside besides Deontay Johnson. Deontay Johnson seems to be the clear cut. Number one, especially with Juju gone, Ben and him seem to have, you know, somewhat of a, of a connection. Um, so he gets most of the targets. Um, Chase Claypool, maybe higher upside, but not against Chicago. Not, not in this matchup. Uh, I, I don't see, I don't, there's, there's higher upside flex guys out there than Chase Claypool. And if you're looking for a, a Robert Tunyon replacement, I got the perfect Robert Tunyon and Pat Fryer Muth. Muth, Muth, I don't know. Uh, four catches, 44 yards, and a touchdown. That's uh, pretty much what you're going to get from Tunyon or pretty much any other tight end outside of Kelsey, Kittle, and uh, Waller and Andrews because we like Andrews on this podcast. That's right. Big Mark Andrews guys here. Um, that's it. That's uh, week nine here in the NFL. Uh, we hope you guys enjoyed as always. Uh, last week we didn't do the shout outs, the sh- normal shout outs. So cheese, why don't you tell them where they can listen to curveballs and share shots, where they can follow all the social medias and all that fun stuff. Well, if you guys want to follow us on social media, it is curveballs and CS on the Instagram, on the Twitter, or on Facebook and TikToks and Snapchats and all the other things. Uh, we drop every Friday, wrestling, sports, yada yada yada. So Friday Night Wars, Ray John, Travis. Tell them where you can find Trapdoor now. I appreciate the lead in here. It's at Trapdoor Pod on Twitter, Trapdoor to Hell on Facebook. And then any questions you have, you can email us at, um, it's not at sign, but trapdoorpod at yahoo.com is the email. We always get them, we always answer them, except for when we don't, correct? Exactly. We always Amen. answer them. Amen, brother. Um, that's it. Another great week. Uh, cheese, you got anything else to say? Nope. Just have fun. Stay safe. Win your fantasy football week. All right, everybody. Have a good fantasy week. <laughs>